What's up, guys? We are... We're back. I'm back, specifically. Trevor's back. It's good to see you back. It's good to be back, so I gotta get used to this all over again. We got Eric back behind the camera, and uh, today I'm joined by Elle, who's uh, finishing putting a transmission together, so he'll be up here in a couple minutes. Uh, you all know me, Trevor. Bo? I'm, and I'm Tim. And I'm glad to see that you're back because being around all of those slingshot guys and you're kind yeah, of a small a, guy. It doesn't number to you. Snatch you up. Uh, so yeah, if you didn't know, I was in Maggie Valley with Kyle, our slingshot driver, and uh, we were at a slingshot event. Slingshots in the Smokies. Slingshots in the Smokies. So we did pretty well. Oh, very cool. There's Al. And uh, now we're back. So back to our regular Equitech things. All right, Al, uh, we introduced for you. So. Oh, yeah, I'm Al. Today we're talking about air intakes and everything related to them, I guess. So anyone want to start this off? Anyone have some? I mean, the best air intake you can have is a turbo. <laughs> Just put that's that true. out there. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> so there's a lot of, uh, I don't know if I want to say debate in the air intake realm. Well. They're very technical. One thing that you can get out of the way is uh, people use the term cold air intake as a catch-all mm-hmm. for any aftermarket intake. Yeah, if it's not stock, it's cold air. Uh, right. Yeah. This is not technically factual. It's just kind of what people have come to use to describe it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if, if we were to make a cold air intake for every platform, you're going to have a couple cars that it's going to be like $800. You know, um because it just requires like some deflectors in wheel wells and some like grinding on bumper covers, you know, and s- just tweaks made to the car to get cold air to the filter. Because mm-hmm. the number one thing with a, with a cold air intake is you want to get the cold air to the filter, not the filter to the cold air. So those old school Honda Civic intakes with the f- over three foot long intake tube that puts the air filter to the front <laughs> bumper, they're terrible. Absolutely terrible. You want to have a air box under the hood with a very short ram intake tube that is the same size as stock or slightly larger, and in some applications, quite a bit larger if, if needed. Mm-hmm. But um, I've noticed know, that seems that to be the case in uh, newer cars. Yeah. You usually have this the air like box eight out of ten <laughs> at the like towards the firewall, and yeah. then there's like a snorkel. I think they normally call it. That goes to the front rather than yeah. piping to the front with the airbox. Yes. Well, that's how almost every uh, OEM intake is. And they spend, put multiple people and spend tens of thousands of dollars on designing it. Like, yeah. If that wasn't one of the best ways to do it, then they wouldn't do it that way. I just, I, I like the idea of it. It's just a gripe of mine, I guess, is that the tube seems to be about maybe half the size of what it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a little frustrating. Like, I wish that they routed it out there. Like I know Mercedes is like pretty good about it. Like they always have like two snorkel holes in the grill, cast mm. plastic, nice, large runners to the airbox. But, um, you know, so, and then some people are just terrible. Like, geez, like the 97 Grand Prix airbox. It's one of the worst designed airboxes I've ever seen in my life. The intake tube that takes such a tight bend that it's not even a turn. It's, they shift it. It's like a shelf. Yeah. It's, like a, it's <laughs> it weird. It busts like a 90 degree, like crazy turn. And like, then they put the PCM in there. 
Yeah, and then they stick the piece <laughs> in. <man. laughs> it's got to stay cool, mean. you know. <laughs> this is still the fat chair, but and then people not looking too bad. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jeff was saying he wanted to see an arm we wrestle. Said, no, we're, I'm permanently retired from arm wrestling. <laughs> Damn it! I so want a rematch on the left arm. No, not doing it. Man, I couldn't wipe right for a week after that last time. Dude, I totally would take you out this time. <laughs> Probably. Uh, um, on the topic of the 3800, I think a good air intake system for a, a blower or an M90 3800 is the fender wall intake that we sell. Um, I know you say don't take the filter to the cold air, but it's completely out of the engine bay and a quick run right to the fender well, wall. You have to work with what you have, too. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We have to make it producible. Um, I like, you know, our fender wall intake is nice because it's three and a half inches, if I recall. Um, but the air filter is tiny. The is reason why filter. the air filter is tiny is the because most small. customers are not willing to modify things to get the best performance. Mm-hmm. If I would totally put that intake on my car, um, but I would like make some tweaks. I would trim this, trim that, and then I would put our normal cold air intake filter in there, mm-hmm. you know, or, well... Yeah, yeah, that one is, is I think, 4-inch inlet, so you just run a little reducer, but that would be great. Um, uh, someone was specifically asking about the uh, Sonic stock airbox. Okay. Um, I have two cents there. Our the intake is, is a great design. However, it's one of those cars that a legit cold air intake for a Sonic is going to be a $600 plus intake. Yeah. That is a car that you have to add deflectors to get that cold air to the box. Mm-hmm. Because the head, like back in the Grand Prix days, you could have the air box like our Wiz, you know, the Wiz Air from Easy Performance and our current ZZP intake. They work great because the headlight is completely like mm-hmm. not sealed. Mm-hmm. So you have a ton of airflow flowing through the headlight, through the hood into the airbox. Yeah. But then when they switched to the Series 3 Grand Prix, they put a rubber seal around the headlight. Now you don't get any air anymore through mm-hmm. there. So now it's not legit a colder intake anymore. <laughs> the reason we still call it a colder intake is because most of our customers might not be aware enough to look up air intake or something. Mm-hmm. So we just use it as a term. Blanket but, term like you mentioned before. Yeah. Bose volume. Every time. Yeah, there we go. But uh, yeah, so we got Grand Prix, Sonic, uh, Cobalt stock airboxes. Our 2224s are actually okay. I think Tyler's Yeah, we me. have a fender well intake for yep. the LNF Cobalt that's mm-hmm. decent. Yep. But you're still, uh, like the Grand Prix, you're limited on filter size mm-hmm. by yep. running it down there. Yeah. Other and Otherwise, you're putting the filter. In a perfect world, you'd, you'd put the filter where you have the most space. So you can get the biggest one possible, box it, and then run tubes to that box. Mm-hmm. Yep. And like Tim was saying, that's where all the component cost starts adding up. Yeah, we can do it, but no one's going to buy it. Yeah. Like no one wants to pay six hundred dollars and, to, for an and take their bumper off to install it. Yeah, and, and the install gets a lot more lengthy. So um, what's what's your all thoughts on math placement? Because I consider that a big part of the intake. Very much so. I mean, Ooh. with all of our intakes, that's, that's a long one there. A lot goes into yeah. that. Down the rabbit hole we go. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll start. I'll start if you want. It, well, the the first thing um, I used to work for Rotofab, which you guys familiar with uh, the Ellis Market might know might know of those guys. Mike was a, a great boss. Learned a lot from him. Um, he would do 
whatever he could to make an intake that would gain as much power as possible, but you did not have to tune for it. And when I was working for him and I had my red line, in my mind, it was a no-brainer that if you put an intake on, you were going to tune the car. And it was mind-blowing how many customers of the 5th Gen Camaro, uh, both V8 and V6 and the G8, would get mad that they had to tune their car after they put an intake on. So it was a whole different market. So that's one of the things that goes into how you're designing an intake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now, it, and it's it's very important that you make what is going to sell the best. Right. And so that's one of the things that Mike was really good at with he knew what his market needed and he found ways to get more airflow and get power gains out of it, but place the MAF in such a way that it would read almost or as close as possible to stock. Mm-hmm. Now, could you do things a little different and get a few more percent? Yeah, but just the same as you have to compromise on the the true cold air intake I mean, you, sometimes you would have to compromise. Like this one may gain 10 horse. We could make it this way and gain 14, but you're going to have to tune for it. Yep. So he's going to sell a lot more, and the customers are going to be happier overall if they can just slap it on, go, power gain, don't have to mess with it. Yeah, we, we've um, – I don't want to say shot ourselves in the foot, but like we've – we generally try to over-engineer the product to – work for a stock car and also work for a race car um because our intakes are definitely not the cheapest intake made i mean they're they're expensive like let's let's talk about the sonic intake though you know that one customer brought it up um that intake tube is larger than stock well when you put this mass airflow sensor that reads airflow um in a larger than stock tube boom now it's reading less air it commands less fuel the ecm commands less fuel and now the car shows lean so now you have this issue. Now you have a check engine light. Now you have now you just pissed off seventy five percent of our customers. Mm-hmm. Let's say, um, and we're like, oh, it just requires a tune. Well, that's great, but like, you know, seventy five. But I didn't want to buy a tune. I just wanted to buy an intake. Yep. So that's when we have our in- intake inserts. Mm-hmm. Which um, I really like that approach. Yep. We take a billet aluminum piece and. It, well, you know, and we press it in there and it takes that larger tube and makes it smaller, closer to stock. So it does not require a tune. You put it on, it works. And then when you start to make, I don't know, let's say 275 wheel, Al, yeah, is roughly. that about right? Um, about 275 wheel, you have to pull that insert out. And then now it lowers your math. Now you're not maxing your math anymore. And now you don't have to replace your intake again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, it's two intakes in one. It's like a street intake and it's a race intake. Mm-hmm. Um, but you definitely want to leave that insert in there until you have to remove it because it does require tuning to yep. remove that, in, that yeah. insert. Because that's another good point is intakes in general are, I'd say, 9 out of 10 people's first mod. Yeah. So it's a great like entry get in without having to do anything complicated or yep. tune or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. even before tuning, most people go straight to intake yeah. and exhaust. Mm-hmm. Yep. Makes neat noises. Looks cool when you yeah. pop the hood. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it is it is the first thing you would buy. I mean, it's cool because, like, usually, you get a new car and you want to intake and exhaust, like you said, yeah. first mods. And usually it's nice because most of our mod cars at 100 and some thousand miles, it's maintenance. Yeah. Yeah. Your filter's bad anyways, yeah. so. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the other annoying things we ran into a few times when I worked at Rotofab is you would get, like, the typical first mods would be 
first mod would usually be exhaust. Then they do an intake. Well, let's say the exhaust changes the VE, say 5%. Still well within the ranges of the fuel trims. Car's not going to care about that. Mm-hmm. And then let's say your limit before the car throws a code, let's say 20%. So you, you can make an intake that has a 15% offset. And so if that's the only thing you put on the car, the car's happy. It's within those parameters. It's fine. Yeah. But if they did an exhaust first, and then they put your intake on that says it doesn't require a tune, and all of a sudden their check engine light comes on, the intake is, in their mind, that's obviously the problem because that's the last part they put on. Yep. And, now they're and pissed you, off. And you can't get through their heads. Like, no, it's a stack up of the mods that you did. Like, you can't just keep modding a car and expect to never have to tune it. Yep. Um, somebody mentioned something about air straighteners. Great, great product. Yeah. And uh, yes. there's, a, there's a good video and they on... They don't choke the air as much as people think they do. Mm-hmm. There's a great video on YouTube where the, the fan's blowing at like 10 candles. Mm-hmm. And the candles are lit. And then they drop an air straightener in front of it. And all the candles blow up. I, I know what you're talking about. Yep. Neat idea. Not restrictive. Great idea. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just very... It, it's another cost to an intake. Mm-hmm. It's not like that air straightener is five bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like we would... You know, if they were, we would probably put one in all of our intakes. Yeah. You know, and, and everybody else would. Do you know why they work? Get nerdy for a second? Do it. So I don't, I don't remember the exact number off the top of my head, but I think it's roughly ten times the diameter of a straight pipe that you have to have before the airflow straightens out on its own. Mm. So if you had, a, using the 10X rule, let's say you had a three inch diameter tube, you would have to have 30 inches of straight in order for the air to stop tumbling and straighten out. Really? But the airflow straightener, the honeycomb thing, it's just making all those diameters really tiny. Mm. So now if you have a, a hundred thousandths hole and it's a bunch of those, it only Ten has times. to be an inch long. In order for it to straighten the air out. It's a great point that's, because... Yeah. That's a neat way to describe it too. Yeah, like the LQ4 MAF sensor that all the 3800 guys use, it has one on the front of it, mm-hmm. but it's not too far away. But that makes total huh. sense. It doesn't need to be that far away. Yep. Yep. Is that Was that test done with a filter, do you know, or is that just saying pipes in general? Just pipes in you general. just blow air through a pipe, yep. Yeah, there's a ton of things that can yeah. contribute to it, but that's like the most generic explanation that I can so give. So you can hope your filter also acts... The filter does help some also. As a straightener, oh, slightly. Big time. Big yeah. time. I yeah. mean, if you ever, I, I remember there was one day um, I was racing Matt Meekoff, coincidentally. Um, I was racing his Corvette, and this Corvette would pull the front end. And this is like, I don't know, 19, it's probably, it was like 2000. Him and I are racing, and I'm like, I need every horsepower I can get. I'm going to pull my air filter off my turbo car. <laughs> Yeah, I lost like 40 horsepower, I bet. <laughs> like, that air filter does a great yeah, job of straightening the air. If it's in a air. spot that is going to be subject to turbulence, your filter can gain power. Oh, yeah. Um, and the owner of HPX, um, yeah, you and I sat in that mm-hmm. meeting with him, which long overdue to check in with him. Yep. Um, he actually makes race filters that are like an, so a normal oil filter is uh, an inner wire mesh and then a fabric layer and an outer wire mesh. And he makes some race filters that just don't have the fabric. So it looks like an air filter, but you can see through it. It's just a wire mesh. And it's, so that's enough that it can help start the straightening process and smooth out the airflow going into the tube. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not probably what I will get to run on my car. Interesting thing, because there's a few cars and a few setups here. We still run just an aftermarket drop-in, mm-hmm. like our ZZP1 or K&N or whatever. Versus, like, I don't think anyone here runs a stock like drop-in filter anymore because they're 
they do work though. Like they there, there are cars that have a good air box. So let's, let's use mm-hmm. one. The first example that comes off the top of my head is the LNF Cobalt. Right. You can do a drop in can and filter and you can do the, the meek off, you know, air box mod, <laughs> which is like tweaking the snorkel, you know, that you mentioned, mm-hmm. um, tweaking the snorkel and running a drop in filter and everything else being pretty much stock. And it's like, good enough for like full bolt-ons yeah mm-hmm. so do most well, people run the uh aftermarket filter just because it's maintenance free or do they flow better too it flows a little it better flows yeah. a little better yeah one of the uh easy explanations that i had heard and makes sense to me is that the smaller the engine is the more likely it is that's going to have a really good stock intake design because they have to hit a certain power or yeah. The OEMs have to make a certain power level to to get the engine to do what they want. The bigger the engine is, the more you can fudge on that stuff. Like look at the uh, little log manifolds on some of the V8 stuff. Yeah. And then look at a right. stock Honda exhaust manifold. Like a stock Honda exhaust manifold looks like a pretty well-designed header. Oh, yeah. And then you switch to like a, a six-liter truck. Yeah. Or, yeah, and it's just a, a like a turbo log manifold. It's like there's a lot of corners they can cut to hit the power they need to make. Whereas you have something like the LNF, which is only two liter, they want it to perform well. They have to make a pretty good intake for it. And that, since we kind of specialize in underdog vehicles, makes our job that much more difficult. Yeah. Because we have something that they put a lot of engineering into, and we have to do better than that. Yeah. Oh, this is good. (laughs) Is it? So, so I guess um, one of the real big points I would love everybody to hear is finding a way to get your IAT, your IATs down. Yep. Like, you know, coming from a tuner, I guarantee Al will back me up 100% on this. Like, it sucks when you have, like, let's say it's 70 degrees outside and we're doing a remote tune on this customer car and the IATs are like 110 120 130 degrees like i'd be happy with that yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) with the blower cars i deal with yeah um it's yeah yeah we're not talking iet2s i have a a, stock in play in a 26 pulley yeah yeah that that gxp what were our numbers 128 and that was just like a quick 20 minute cruise yeah so like on a anything had a cannon intake on it anything you can do to get colder air to your air filter is huge. Mm-hmm. You will benefit. Like, so, it, it's huge. You know, um, I take our, our Sonics, and I usually do some, like, bumper mods. I, like, grind the fog light housing out in a specific way to where you can't really tell it's done, but you're getting cold air into oh, that yeah. corner of the car. Mm-hmm. Um, the RS is a little harder. You only get three of the honeycomb, honeycomb holes to modify, but... The um, LTZs and stuff, they have, like, big spots you can cut and, and add airflow. Um, the Grand Prix guys, I mean, that fog light housing, that's a big pocket of air. Yeah. So, like, cutting the back of the fog light housing out and then running a deflector from that up to your air box, huge. Mm-hmm. Um, the ATSV intake, I still need to figure out something on my car because the ATSV um, intakes have pretty high IATs. Um, so, I mean, that's just, like a couple hours of playing around with some sheets of plastic and mm-hmm. some screws and stuff, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, and you can, dr- you can gain, you know, 15 horse from just a couple hours of messing with stuff. Yeah. And know. for anyone that does want to mess around with that stuff, all you need to do is get a thin sheet of Kydex, like 60 thou mm-hmm. and a heat gun 
or like a really good hair dryer might even work. Yeah. And you can uh, like use a straight edge to bend corners into that stuff when you yeah. heat it up. Just and you get can a piece just... of cardboard, some duct tape, make some templates, yeah. and just start cutting stuff out. <laughs> yeah. Small tangent. <laughs> I've seen some really cool air boxes made out of cardboard. Oh, yeah. I've for made show cars. Some. I've made some. I have seen people make a cardboard air box, like brackets and everything, and hot glue it together. And then just soak it with enough fiberglass oh. resin <laughs> that it'll hold its nice. shape. And then put one layer of fiberglass over it, harden, sand it, paint it. You would never know that it's a cardboard, <laughs> it's cardboard. toy. <laughs> and it, it's only stupid if it doesn't work. Yep. yep. Um, one example of cardboard mods. Um, there's a local customer of ours, um, Mike Zambala. He has a K&N intake on his Series 3 Grand Prix. K&N is so worried about getting a complaint that they have like a six inch hole in the side of their air box for their like three and a half inch intake tube. So like there's a huge gap around it. So I took a piece of cardboard and like cut it to where I fit it around his intake tube to block off the rest of the hole. Yeah. And he still has that piece in his air box <laughs> now. And that was like 10 years ago. I did that, you know? So yeah, I mean, it was on the inside of the air box. So I'm sure somebody's gonna be like, Oh, you're going to catch it on fire. You know, obviously, you don't want to be dumb about it. You right. Know, you gotta, you, know, <laughs> you don't really want to put cardboard in your engine, but. <laughs> but, yeah. I like Eric King's question there. Options um, for LSJT swaps? Yeah, so, so basically what he's asking is the turbo intake is just sitting right there in the engine base, so it's sucking in hot air. This is one of those situations where you have to weigh your options mm -hmm. and find the best compromise. Now, in... Real. I mean, what do we call that turbo kit in the first place? Entry level. No, entry level. He's, he's talking about the full swap, I think. Oh, but the okay. entry level is the same way. Mm -hmm. The air filter is yeah. in roughly the same spot. Um, if your intercooler works well enough, you, you can kind of ignore the IET one. Not completely. You don't want to be stupid about it, but you can get away with a lot more. Right. Would colder air going into the turbo make the turbo have to do less work to get the same boost yes but if you're not doing 10 hot lap pulls in a row right a, a, <laughs> a full turbo swap kit with the filter in the engine bay you still should only see like 110 115 iat2 on even a pretty hot day like that's pretty good when you're yeah. running 20 25 pounds of boost um if you could lower the iat1 then it's going to be better but it's like if, if you get something that's good enough to work with and it's easy to install, it's easy to manufacture, it's priced to where people can afford to buy it. All of those things go into it. Now, if it's a customer that wants to spend their own time playing around with it, say specifically the LSJ turbo intakes, it'd be pretty easy to make a cardboard air box. Mm -hmm. and, and you can do the, the fiberglass resin trick. It sounds dumb, but it actually mm -hmm. works really well. Yeah. And you could make your own shrouded air box that in uh, cobalt and ion both have a pretty big hole in the fender well mm -hmm. uh, oh, yeah. where it goes down into the tire well. Y you could easily make something and then grab, uh, I think it's garage door edge seal. Mm -hmm. It has a, a really good metal reinforced uh, crimp, like, uh, like a U-shape on one end and then a really big bubble on the other end. Mm -hmm. And so you can line the edge of your airbox with that and seal it against the firewall. Mm -hmm. One one of my favorite things about the Ion Redline is they have that grill insert that's that honeycomb thing. Oh, yeah. On mine, I removed that piece. I sanded it from the backside and to where it was like see-through. 
to where only oh. the honeycomb was left. Right. And then I had my air filter right there. It's a good idea. So like you could barely tell anything was changed, but that air fil- you could look at the front of the car and if you got on your hands and knees, you could see the air filter through the grill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's, that is a that good idea. It was good. I mean, um, and one thing too is I, I definitely don't like to open up the front of the car to a lot more airflow because obviously if you put too much air flow into the front of the car you can pressurize it and cause like a heating issue yeah um so yeah you know, want to say another thing is hood venting yeah i mean hood... you've done a lot of research in that and... yeah <laughs> a, a decent size hood vent can damn near triple the airflow through your mm-hmm. radiator mm-hmm. not even just talking specifically intake if you just take a step back and look at your whole engine bay mm-hmm. whatever you can do to get air in and out yeah will help literally everything so yeah. a lot, get, of, a get lot the of people do it wrong out. though yeah. Get the air out first, mm-hmm. and then you can add air in. Mm-hmm. A yeah. big thing uh, 3,800 guys do is they put an, a heat exchanger in the front, and they think, I got this big heat exchanger in here. I don't need any of this other plastic. And oh. so it just, all the air blasts into that heat exchanger if mm-hmm. it gets there and goes underneath the car. Um, one of our cars here, for example, same way, no factory cowling underneath. I just took some stuff we had laying around, made a, uh, a splitter, if you would, for it, but it doesn't stick out. In the tranny temp, which is behind that heat exchanger, the tranny cooler is dropped 20 degrees on the oh, highway on the way. Wow. Home. 201 to 181. I believe yep. it. From That's the, a big thing with the ions, too, isn't it? The little same air dam. Yeah, yeah. Right in the front. And so, I mean, I got to believe the heat exchanger is working much better because the, the tranny cooler behind it was working much better. Yeah, I mean. It, Just back, directing that airflow into the radiator like it was meant to be. And to back what Bo's saying, like, you know, is what's easier air flowing just freely or hitting a heat exchanger and flowing through it it's obviously if it, it can hit the heat exchanger or go under it it's just going to go under it mm-hmm. that's why it that's why factory cars have these like splitters mm-hmm. they have you know they have the one splitter that just sits down and just drops down like three inches let's say that's just making it so the air can't go under the car it has to go through the radiator mm-hmm. but then you see Every freaking race car like has some kind of splitter on it. Yeah, or That's, under tray, smooth body, yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they do that for a reason. That's to force the air hitting the front of the car through the radiator, and it, to do its job. Mm-hmm. Me and know? Trevor were walking through the junkyard, and somebody had removed an Impala bumper. Oh yeah. And like they had left all the factory cowling underneath, and it was crazy to see that how much that factory cowling resembled a splitter and like all the time they had put into it it had little like scoops on the sides to go up towards the brakes and everything just a a normal like 06 impala and somebody robbed the bumper but both of us looked at each other and we're like should we take this yeah we're like that is nice we could maybe put that on a car like (laughs) i love going to the pick apart you find all kinds of treasures you didn't know you needed yeah and you know homie who pulled that bumper is like i don't need that stuff underneath there that's just junk (laughs) and he's and then he's like why is my car overheating (laughs) exactly my my grand prix i bought a grand prix gt put a turbo kit on it it went from you know 185 degree coolant temps to like 220 and i'm like what the heck is going on here this is like 10 years ago oh it's actually 15 or 16 years ago actually 20 Um, (laughs) like i so i that's that i guess is my excuse why i was a dummy but um, I pulled the splitter out to fit the intercooler mm-hmm. in there, which kind of takes place of the heat exchanger you mentioned. Same, same. And, uh, yeah, my coolant temp immediately went up. And then I'm talking to Matt about it, and Matt's like, well, did, you removed your splitter, right? He's like, see what you have to do to 
reinstall your splitter. So I basically cut a rectangular hole out of it so the intercooler so it could fit up over the intercooler and the intercooler just dropped out of like out from under it and boom, coolant back to 185 degrees. Mm-hmm. Same huh. exact story as what you just said. I mean, you're you're not allowing that air to take the easier path, mm-hmm. which is underneath the car. You're yeah. making it go through the radiator and all the different heat exchangers. Uh, Jason just said he made side and bottom scoops in his EZP Stealth and saw a six degree drop. Nice, awesome. Jason. Yeah, I totally believe that. Um, I saw somebody that mentioned cryo. Holy crap! Do I have an opinion on cryo? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, I'm, I apologize because you said it like many minutes ago. Um, cryo sucks. Like. Yeah. I put a cryo intercooler kit, some magazine, some GM magazine gave me this cryo kit, and they're like, hey, do dyno comparisons on this. So I put this cryo intercooler sprayer on my Grand Prix back in the day. So I do this dyno pull, I do my baseline pull, and then I hit the button and I do another pull. I lost like 75 wheel horsepower <laughs> because. The cryo, the the CO2. Which is used in fire extinguishers. <laughs> I probably don't need to finish the story. It wandered its way over to my air intake and sucked it up and lost all my power. So if you want an yeah. intercooler sprayer, all you all you people, skip Windshield all wiper. that crap. And just run nitrous. And just run nitrous. <laughs> Take, get the smallest jet you can get, a 15-shot jet. And just stick it in your inner, your charge pipe, your, you know, whatever. Just stick a 15 shot will probably give you 30 horsepower. Yeah. And then you. And oh, then at you, least. It's way worth it. Mm-hmm. That's what is, what is nitrous? Negative 40 degrees? It's somewhere around there. So like, yeah, think about how little it takes to cool your intake temps down. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's meant for it. Yeah. Uh, even like a, a 35 on a blower car. You're going to gain 60, 70 horse probably just because of the intake temp drop. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's it's insane. Mm -hmm. Yep. And blower cars love nitrous. Yeah. I was going to go into blower versus turbo with intakes because obviously the giant debate is, is it worth it? But like, I know blower cars, especially it's heat. That's all you're battling, right? Like, I really can't ever come up with with a time oh, you know it's it, in my opinion it depends it's on very, how you were driving the car yeah it's very application specific yep like if you're like i don't know i'm into dune trucks too um i would choose a blower over a turbo any day in a in a dune truck mm-hmm. off-road application i don't care rock crawler um dune truck whatever give up your 100 horsepower and run a blower because you have immediate power um, and your power is consistent. A turbo is a little inconsistent, you know, depending on how you load it. It's hard to, f- it's hard to know how much pedal is how much power, Yeah. you know, because it can differ so yeah, darn much. It changes. Um, but always, I think it's, it, it's always like a hundred percent. A turbo is going to make more power. hundred percent. A supercharger never makes more power than a turbo. I have never seen it. Like it's a blower takes, you know what? Thirty to, I mean, geez, a eight seventy one probably takes hundreds of horsepower oh, yeah. to turn. Probably. So from thirty horse on a little baby little M forty five or M sixty two, to a uh, nice so Steve nice. with the fan. It is like eighty five in here. I texted. Oh, him because speaking I'm of intakes, 
but um, but yeah. So uh, turbos are always better. Turbos are more efficient. Mm -hmm. That's why centrifugals are pretty popular. Yeah. Because a centrifugal blower is basically a belt-driven turbo. It's exactly what it is. A turbo is more efficient than a roots blower. Mm -hmm. um, so it puts out cooler air. Uh, roots blower. Well, we lost huh? our flag. <laughs> a roots blower is you know puts out like immediate air, but um, but it's hotter. Yeah. You know, but um, but with me saying that, like, I still love blowers too. I mean, I still would love to have an LSJ with a with a freaking TVS on it. I think that would be a blast. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, geez, my Ion back in the day made 400 wheel with an M62. Like, I would have loved to put a TVS on it. Mm -hmm. Probably make 500. Uh, can you guys in the chat let us know quick if you can hear the fan? We just kicked a fan on. It's real hot yeah, in here. Yeah, if it's so. too loud, I'll move it farther away <laughs> yep. from the door. It feels real good. We need, what, uh, 50 feet so it's not turbulent air? It's, <laughs> well, it's like a 30-inch fan. Or not, 20, maybe 20-inch 20 fan, so 200 inches. <laughs> so back to uh, intakes. Um, another thing that bothers me is people that build their own intakes. Like, you, if you know what you're doing, you can build your own intake. But don't freaking, don't expect Al, me, and Matt to tune your car that you just grab some exhaust pipe or freaking... <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, we'll come zone, back to PVC. AutoZone um, generic tubes and stick them on your car. Um, Tight 90s and couplers everywhere. Yeah. If like, you rubber band enough straws together. <laughs> maybe, you know, that was on Mythbusters and it worked. Maybe L knows the numbers on this, but like when you, every bend adds X amount of inches to your intake. Mm -hmm. And inches is yeah. restriction. Mm -hmm. So you want to have the minimum amount of bends possible. And then, you, like we were talking about with the air straightener, the MAF has to be very far from a bend. A bend can be after it because, hey, the MAF already read the airflow. Yep. But if you have a 90-degree turn right before the MAF, good luck tuning it. Bare minimum, six inches. Well, they work fine if bare you minimum. only ever floor it from the exact same RPM every single time. Yeah. yeah. Then you can kind of tune it Well, it's like when it. we posted a picture of my engine bay and everybody's like, why do you have so many couplers right there? And it's because I'm running a four-inch piece of pipe before the MAF to try and, you know, help with the stuff coming off of the charge pipe bend. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, I didn't want extra couplers or piping there, but it's just trying to make it yeah, efficient. Yeah, like thought it looked properly. cool. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But um, but you know, I would imagine Elle will probably say this, but uh, you know the, you know PVC pipe intakes. I mean, they they can work. They can. You just I gotta just, know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> There's a YouTube video out there somewhere where a guy makes a pretty cool intake out of PVC pipe by packing it full of sand and using the heat gun to bend it. Yeah. But then you also see those YouTube videos where it's like, save $200, don't get that intake. And they just pull everything off their throttle body and They're slap a cone on it. They're complete with the primer yeah. and sealant and the purple primer and everything. <laughs> I, I hate on PCV intakes. I've had one. I had a 98 or a 88, sorry, Grand Am with a quad four in it. Wow. <laughs> and I, I, I made myself a, P, a P, PVC intake, what were four the, inch. Uh, what were the horsepower gains? I went up. I have no idea. <laughs> I went up to the hardware store. I literally bought a, a two and a half power. inch to four inch. What did coupler. you tell your buddies the horsepower gains were? All 15. of it. <laughs> All of it. I even wrapped it in heat tape. It looked. It was legit. Oh yeah. If you wrap it up, <laughs> nobody can tell. I mean, they can work. Uh, the you biggest start thing. Somewhere. The biggest thing is with it is that that stuff is really thick. Yeah. So you got to keep in mind, like it's only as big as the ID. <laughs> 
Yeah. So you have to run some pretty large, pretty large PVC to like actually yeah. have some gains. I keep wanting to say PCV instead I'm, of PVC. I'm <laughs> glitching over here trying to say PCV. <laughs> say what? So what other? Uh, we should talk more about. Um, I know Tim, you briefly mentioned it. Uh, airbox mods, because that's kind of a big thing too. I mean, not full custom intakes, but there's a lot of really good airbox mods you can do for. I don't know if you just have a drill. <laughs> That yeah. helps. I, I will guess. say, if you don't want to do, I've done it on a Grand Prix before. So back to the headlight thing. Yeah. Right where it comes over top of the headlight and right over top of the core support, the intake box is standing up a bit. Yeah. Thanks. And if you drill like four holes across it, as soon as it comes in over that headlight and over the uh, core support, I gotta believe it's helping some air get in there. That's a good the, idea. The 99 plus air box is not bad. Yeah. It's not, it's not a bad, like that is one of those cars that you can run a drop in cannon filter, drill a couple holes and yep. you're good. Just make sure you're not going to get tons of water in there or anything and mm-hmm. check it. When I used to change oil a lot, the biggest thing was like, we'd open air boxes and there'd be a mouse nest in there with a corn cob and you know, <laughs> it was crazy and people just don't <gasps> even know. Or their their intake filter is munched away. Oh, There's yeah. no filter. Like, this engine's just sucking stuff in. It's caught in the math straightener. <laughs> I'd love to talk to Joey and Chris about the stuff they see every day. Pulling in here. Popping so, the air filter off. Yeah. When I was in my first year of college, um, I had a Honda CX500 motorcycle. And I had stored that, like, wrapped up in a tarp and stuff in my parents' barn while I was away at college. And it was right beside the, they're connected to the barn where the cows were. And I came back home on Christmas break and there was a, a decently nice day. And I was like, huh, I'm going to get my bike out and go for a ride. And I get it out and the thing would not start. It wouldn't even try. I'm like, okay, grab some starting fluid and the air filter's under the seat. And I pop the seat off to get to the air filter and I pull the top off. And it's a, a cylinder air filter. And the entire thing was filled all the way to the top with corn. Or <laughs> the mice had been going over to the cattle feed yep. and bringing the corn back and stashing it in my air filter. Every year I put my snowmobile away, I tape off the air box with duct tape because I'm like, not today. Luckily, <laughs> they didn't chew any wires or anything because yep. I dumped the corn out, threw it back in, bam, fired right up. No problem. Uh, so adding yeah. corn is not an air box mod, you're saying? Not to the air box. It's not. You can not put it in your tank. <laughs> Fermented corn. Yes. I'm big fan. Is that but, it? Is that the only uh, ghetto air box mods you guys have done? I love aftermarket parts and I yeah. love turbo and supercharger noises, so I'll be honest and I don't yeah. I don't do air box mods. I always do an intake. Mm-hmm. That's one one thing I forgot to bring up when we were talking about Noise you know, the, is a good thing. The intake versus exhaust. I mean, those are the first two mods you want to do. Intake is usually less than half the cost of a catback. Mm-hmm. And normally you don't get as much from the intake, but with a turbo car, I mean, you get all the cool noises. So Yeah. <laughs> well, cool to us. It, we have yeah, certain yeah, that customers. Is a point. <laughs> yeah. The uh the LTG community. LTG ATS community yeah. specifically. Camaro yeah. guys seem to be okay. They like it. Yeah, the ATS guys complain about our intake quite a bit, and enough to where, on um, well, people that put that on that still have a stock exhaust. Yeah, because yeah. then, then it's really loud. Yeah, and we, they think um, their car's broken. You we guys actually, in, the, in the chat, let us know if you can have too much uh, turbo noises because we don't think that's a thing, but no. apparently it is. <laughs> yeah, no. We were experimenting with adding like 
sound absorbing material in the air box and we did like a we kind of spent a decent amount of time trying to quiet that air box down and you know gm gm spent a lot of money on that air box <laughs> to keep that that turbo quiet mm-hmm. you know and and sometimes you know the factory intake is pretty good but then sometimes you have a loud engine and they have to do what they have to do to quiet um, it down it's it's crazy how the whole turbo thing became so normal and every turbo car had a turbo badge on it. Like, that was a thing. Like, you have the turbo one. It says it on the door, on the trunk, whatever. And then, like, five years later, like, nobody wants to know they have a turbo. Yeah. <laughs> but like, everything is turbo now. Yeah, it's just a everything. T now. But yeah. nobody knows what the T stands for, so. <laughs> well, it's just everybody meeting EPA standards, you know, smaller engine, turbocharged, no, we had efficient. A, a person worked here in customer service that didn't know her car was turbo. Her cruise. Oh yeah, like that's how they try well, to build Abby, them. Abby now. here, she didn't know her EcoBoost was EcoBoosted. Really? <laughs> <laughs> what does the boost mean? <laughs> it just means more power, baby. I mean, it's pretty hard to argue with the the torque of a turbo car. I mean, it's it definitely like. I mean, what do you feel most when you're driving your vehicle? Torque. Your torque. Right in the butt. Yep. So yeah. the turbos are amazing for that. Horsepower sells cars. Torque wins races. Horsepower doesn't exist. <laughs> Driver over here. You guys haven't heard that? If no. you say something like that again, you're getting fired. Every time, you, every time I hear that, I, I What's the saying? try to keep it together. Horsepower is how fast you hit the wall. Torque's how far you move. Whoever, <laughs> you know that whoever said that was drinking PBR. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> I just try not hit any walls with my torque and horsepower. <laughs> no, horsepower doesn't exist. Everything you feel is torque. I haven't hit any walls with any well, like my on horsepower, lunch, but trees. Like a, I've hit a couple trees in my life. <laughs> All due to horsepower, though. <laughs> well, our conversation on lunch today, how many horsepowers does a horse have? <laughs> more than one. It's, fuck yeah, that's what I was saying. Yep. Definitely more than one. So my yep. car has more than... Way more horsepowers than I thought it had. <laughs> well, or does it I have mean, less? You're getting technical here. <laughs> I mean, I've had a five horse like go kart, and it is not pulling very much. It was pulling me around, and I'm pretty sure a horse could pull me around pretty easily <laughs> yeah. if I was to try to <laughs> go kart versus five horses. <laughs> they picked an anemic horse for that test. Like nobody has put a horse on a dyno and somehow convinced it to see how fast it can well, turn. Well, that's what Kelly said. We need bicycle. a treadmill dyno for. <laughs> like pedal the bicycle. Yeah, <laughs> we used to do that at the end of my dyno days, just to see who whoever could get it going the fastest. It was a lot harder than you'd think. I fifteen hundred pound roller. <laughs> <laughs> could you use all the gears though? No, you weren't getting out of first. Oh, no, no way. No. No. Definitely it's, not. It's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's um, you know, back to the intake. Um, there's a couple intake brands that you never ever buy. AFE, mm, AFE. Oh, engine. Put them Ingen. on blast right now. Every time an LTG customer comes in with an AFE intake, we think something's broken, and then we realize it's the AFE intake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so and then you you take it off. Ta-da! The car <laughs> fixed itself. Yes. Like, Let me guess. This is the cheapest intake you can buy. Probably. For an LTG. Other than the eBay special. I mean, um, it, not it, necessarily. That's the worst really? part. Is like, no, they'll all be priced similar, and some are just terrible. You know, Dejan, um, Han, all terrible. <laughs> terrible. 
Uh, the in-gen, um, in-gen for the ATSs are fine. They're, they're fine. In-gen for a Cobalt is garbage. Yep. What about the yeah. cruise? What's your opinions on the cruise in-gen? Um, fine. I've never dealt I with it. I guess. That. I mean, it's small. It's small, too, but it's fine. Yeah. But, um, you know, that AFE thing is absolute garbage. Like, the math frequency is just doing this. And then, like, what sucks, what's so frustrating for, for us tuners is, like, you know, a customer buys a part, buys a tune. We're then responsible for everything. Yeah. And it's like, you know, sir or ma'am, um, your car runs terrible because your math is going, like, up and down. Like, there's nothing I can do here. But most like, people, that's right over their head. Yeah. No, it's See, your fault. You're a bad tuner because you can't yeah. tune my intake. Yeah. yeah, ZZP can't tune my AFE intake. Okay, I guess you can quote that. ZZP cannot tune your AFE ATS. Well, when you have it's going to idle like random that. math values, yeah. just throwing yeah. themselves around. Your, your AFE intake can't intake. <laughs> <laughs> At least not in a steady state. You're gonna have to disable the math, like to to make it work. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, it all goes back to if you plan on doing more than one or two mods to a car, like figure out who you want to tune your car first, and just ask those people. Like, hey, what should I do? This is my goal. I couldn't wow. agree more yeah. with that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> why would you be so logical? <laughs> I don't know why that doesn't make sense, but... <laughs> At least ask us, like, what do you think of this intake? And we'll, we'll tell you. I mean, I, I don't care. You can run somebody else's yeah, stuff. Yeah, Ryan and customer service is pretty honest. We're freaking busy. <laughs> we're busy. Like, if you want yeah. to buy somebody else's parts, go, go ahead. I mean, we're, we're busy. Like, yeah. we're selling the, mo- the, the most parts we can... At the at like at all times, yeah. like, you know. But you know, please ask us. Like, hey, I'm looking at this AFE intake, and then we'll say, please talk to them about tuning, because we don't want to tune it. <laughs> yeah. And tuning is, uh, I would say, easy money, um, because we know what we're doing, because we've been doing them for so long. But well, like, and we do so much of it. But yeah, I mean, so it, the, it's yeah. the more you do, the the less your cost per tune is. Yeah, I mean, once you buy a car and you're you're constantly doing this and that to try to make it faster, and, and then you can kind of develop your copy and paste tune. Um, the copy and paste mail order tune, as we like to use the term, um, that is, will get you very close, and then scanning like perfects it. That's why we push remote tunes yeah. so much. Yeah. Remote tunes perfect the mail order 1.0. And I've tune. said this a hundred times on this podcast, and I'm saying it again. Any customer of ours can rent HP tuners from us. And a laptop. And remote tune. And a laptop. So there is no excuse. Encourage it greatly. If you want to buy a 1.0, perfectly fine. Get your car up and running. Mm -hmm. And then send us a scan with HP tuners. Yeah. Yeah. And then don't argue with us when we tell you you have a vacuum leak. Or go (sighs) back to previous revisions of the tune because it felt faster. Yeah. That happens all the time, too. I'm glad you brought that up. Like... We can, like, an engine requires a certain amount of airflow to idle. Mm-hmm. If your math sensor is reading half that, because the other half is leaking like, in through leaking in through one of your plastic, you know, you know, evap lines or your evap perch solenoid or your, you know, a, a charge pipe, throttle or coupler, body spacer, you know, yeah, your a bad gasket. If the other Vacuum half line. of air is leaking Injector somewhere in injector O ring, yeah. <laughs> Injector O-rings, big time. Um, we, we know that. We know how much airflow each engine takes yeah. to idle. Basically, if your car can't start up and run on one of our 1.0 PCMs, you have a problem. Yeah. <laughs> it's not oh, the yeah. I mean, The 1.0 files, 
are the exact same files that we use as a starting point for a remote duty. Yeah. And every single time I put them on a properly functioning car, they're great. They're pretty close. Like, you just got to tweak them in. Mm -hmm. So when you have a mail-order customer that buys a Stage 3 kit, puts it in, like, ah, I got a lean code. Your tune's bad. Uh, the other thousand cars running this tune say no. Mm -hmm. So yeah, maybe I, you should fix what's my, broken. Yeah, my Buick this winter, I did a full complete turbo swap kit on it. I flashed basically a 1.0 PCM file on it and drove it for a week and a half before <laughs> I decided that maybe we should yeah. adjust some things. And you have a long commute to work. <laughs> I drive 80 miles a day. <laughs> yep. If you, it's... Yeah. The yep. other thing, too, is I wish I had the numbers on hand, but... If you haven't tried HP tuners, so many of our customers rent it, like you said, yep. you know, because it's free. Once you send it back, you get your money back, and they don't. Like, once you get the laptop, you get to experience it. Yeah, a lot of them just don't send it back. They so many shouldn't. people it's great. love it. They I really mean, should. It's a great tool. And if you're, it's 2021. If you don't have HP tuners and you're modifying your car or turbocharging yeah. it or cam swapping or anything and you don't have HP tuners, you're... You're handicapping yourself. Yeah. It is the most real. helpful diagnostic tool I've ever oh, yeah. had. And let's be real here, people. People. <laughs> it's cheap now, too. <laughs> Your first couple mods, do you really think you're only going to do that intake in a tune? <laughs> are, why are you lying to yourself? <laughs> yeah. It's you an are addiction. Going to, you are going to do the downpipe. <laughs> and then you're going to do the charge pipes or inner core and then you're going to do the next thing like it's gonna happen mm -hmm. like this like modding cars like we're all like addicts mm -hmm. we're all addicts here it's just fortunately the four of us are addicts of modding cars and playing with cars and we're not addicts of smoking or like <laughs> doing drugs or drinking you know there's, there's it would be cheaper yeah. It would be probably <laughs> potentially, yeah, uh, and no, less exhausting. You know, like yeah, we're not I'm addicts. So beat right now. <laughs> we're not addicts of gambling. We're not addicts of drugs. We're not addicts of like you know drinking alcohol. I mean, we're, we're car addicts. <laughs> My family, we went to the gambling. most of our customers are the same. We went to the casino the other day, and everybody's trying to get me to play slots. I'm like, mm -mm, nope, uh, uh, I got I got parts to buy. I worked too <laughs> hard. Here. I worked too hard for this hundred dollars. I am not throwing it in that slot I machine. Mean, I originally <laughs> bought. <laughs> my ion just because my cousin had one that was bone stock and i thought huh that'd be a fun daily driver that's what and you always morning, tell yourself did and you then, think that to yourself you i did that, i thought, thought that i thought i might i'll maybe do an exhaust and and, and tweak a couple of things but this is just gonna be a fun daily driver and then fast forward to 2021 and i'm run in the office to to drag Tim out to the shop just so he can watch me start my full standalone <laughs> drag car. You started it again today? I did. Dang, yes. I wish I would have seen it. It is so satisfying to finally have the car at the point where I can walk over, I can flip a switch, and hit the button, and it starts. Fired, fired right up. There was no right pumping up. of the throttle. I mean, he just walked up, pushed the button, it fired right up. And it doesn't even have an IAC. It's just a throttle blade on a set screw. No kidding. Uh, yeah, hats off to Fuel Tech for their base map generator. Because mm. I haven't even changed anything yet. You just no put kidding. all the stuff in, <laughs> like, here you go, this will start it. Are you sure? <laughs> no kidding. Right. That, is, that is nice. Is that, cool. that LCD screen's cool, too. It, it's like, pretty yeah, sweet. And it's, I need that. it's all touchscreen, and you can fully tune the car from that. 
speaking you don't even have to have a laptop next time this you is, fire that up we got to get the big cameras out and do spark. a little little preview oh, video yeah. of that yeah we yeah. do need to get i think people want to see your your car run <laughs> yeah, this sparked probably. a good idea on air intakes and iac and stuff uh 3800 guys if you have a camshaft in your car and you're running a north star throttle body um we like to drill a small hole in it it'll help your idle and your startup greatly the iac and the north star throttle body cannot keep up with an nic cam um and 06 unless you got plus. a drill yeah or four yeah. plus actually is even you know this applies to basically all platforms with a cam um because i like i like a 332 hole yeah just sm start small big. start small go bigger you know yep and uh it, it just really it acts as a, a choke to just help that the the throttle body blade on an 04 plus it's it's how it controls the idle along with the timing but it just really helps smooth out your idle so you're not getting a surge when you're coming up to a stop sign or it's not trying to start hard or it's not surging at idle. Just a small little choke hole I mean, does wonders. And, and the reason why is because the stock cam is designed from like 600 RPM to like 4,500 RPM. That is the RPM range of that cam. Mm -hmm. And when you move everything like, up. You move everything up. Now you have this like 1,500 to 6,500 RPM power range, what does that mean? Your car's idle is not, it's not optimal for idle anymore. Mm -hmm. So now it's going to require more airflow. Mm -hmm. And your, your ECM, HP tuners didn't give us a lot in that ECM for idle adjustment. Yeah, there aren't many so you, ECMs that they have everything unlocked. Yeah. Mainly LS stuff has a lot. Yeah. And only certain generations of LS stuff yeah. has a lot. So, yeah, you got to give it a little helper. Like, I always tell the mechanics, like, a 330 seconds hole in your pretty much cammed 3800 It's standard. It's standard. 330 seconds. Eighth inch, you could have a high idle, so that's too big. Sixteenth <laughs> inch might not quite be enough, but like you said, you can start small and go bigger if you need to. The other thing I've done before is uh, the North Star has a, a set screw that is non-adjustable. It looks adjustable, but it's not. Uh, I actually just did this on Zoomer's car the other day. And I did it on my GTP. Is to say you have a hole drilled, but you just need a little more. Take a piece of Gorilla Tape, rip it off, stick it on that set screw, and when the throttle body blade goes to close, it'll be just barely open, mm. so air can sneak past it, and you'll have the smoothest idling cammed 3800 you've ever had. <laughs> yeah, I I've found that with my car when I started up this morning. And when I have been playing with it, because all it has is the throttle blade, so it's riding on the set screw. Mm -hmm. And it is amazing how very little Just I have to turn the Allen wrench to, to make a change in the idle RPM. Yeah. Yep. I will so interrupt like, real quick. And uh, we're almost wrapped up here, so if you guys want to get questions in, we'll do five minutes of just rapid-fire questions. Uh, Facebook, we can see your comments. YouTube, we can see your comments. So start putting them in now so the lag lines up, but... Keep going. Um, <laughs> Paul Weber, the MP fab intake is solid. Walker is a friend of ours. Yep, it definitely requires a tune, but it's a solid intake. Um, can't read that. Yes, the entry-level kit has everything you need. Yep. Everything you need. Installed in a day. Have all it's, the turbo yeah, noises. Yeah, you be able to install that in the afternoon. Yeah. Half a day, yeah. Like four or five hours on a Saturday. Good to go. If you're knowledgeable and have jack stands and proper tools, yeah. A buddy yeah I, I would say pack. it's more it's it's more like an oh, eight hour. Oh that's job, right. Eric King was at my dyno day when we did the bicycle dyno. Oh um, yeah. That was that was we shouldn't have done that. It was dangerous. 
hell I want to spray my cruise. <laughs> I can never say no to nitrous, but you... <laughs> you could do so many other things before that. <laughs> uh, what do you guys think of stock LNF snorkel with K&N intake with the heat shield? Not it's... 100% sure what you're talking about there, but... He's, he's talking about the drop-in, I think. Poly subframe bushings for what platform, Nathan? Oh, no. He's... Uh, the best intake for the LE5 really is the stock air box with a K&N filter and our little silicone intake, or the silicone metal intake combo. Mm-hmm. It's, he... it's cheap, and it's, and it's great. The biggest thing is get a tune because those LE5s, man, that short shifts like well, crazy. Where he mentioned that Cappy Kaiju... How do you pronounce William, it? William Kish, what is any Zoom news? Uh, Zoom's doing good. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. He wasn't here today. <laughs> he was He was going down a uh, UFO rabbit hole the other day last time. Oh, seen him. Speaking was. of some of the, the Zoom fans out here, do you want to tell them? Uh, I got nothing. Uh, th- there might be a car you guys know about doing something. That's it. Yeah? That's it. Oh, uh, yeah. If you're anywhere even close to Michigan, you come to Streetcar Takeover next weekend. Yeah. Trust me. Which we probably won't be on the podcast next Friday because of it. Yeah. Oh, we're leaving early. Yeah. Like pretty much everybody would be you up guys here with so the I... time in, time off for that, right? Yep. Because I forgot. Yeah. Streetcar takeover next weekend, 131 Motorsports in Martin. Yep. Um, or, yeah, Martin. Be there or be square. We're going to have Al's LSJ. Nope. My car's not going. You're a good shot. Mm-hmm. Same one? He couldn't do it. So, <laughs> okay, let's pause for a moment. The, the way my car is going back together, everything is new from the ground up. Yes. And this is my one shot to do everything how I want to do it. And the only way I could have it ready for streetcar takeover cut is if corners. I cut some corners. And I'm not going to do that. Nothing wrong with yeah. that. Don't blame me. Don't so, blame me. It's been, um, it's been down for a while. Yeah. yeah. Shifting it's, my focus to the Sonic, and we're going to go it's drop It's still good to set a dime line, even if you don't beat it, because it was that, I like... I still made a lot of progress yeah, because of the last three weeks, line. you still got so much done that it's like, yeah, all right, yeah. worth it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rapid fire a couple... W body poly subframe bushings, no. I haven't, we, have, we have not done anything with that and haven't planned on it. Um, I missed the guy's name. But uh, his his question got scrolled over. 2002 GTP, like, if you don't have our already, if you already don't have our stage two kit for that, like, get that. That is, like, so much fun. Just let us know if you can't get 93 so we can, like, pull it up a little bit for, like, 91 if that's all what you have. Mm -hmm. Uh, 3800 Stroker News. um, We now have a car that has a really, pardon my language, badass setup in it to where we can do a legit, like, like a b comparison yeah. so we'll we'll um we'll do an a b comparison bose you know tuning the car actually so and uh i guess i guess we can let the cat out of the bag basically it's not even <laughs> a cat really it's just normal stuff uh zoom's car does not have a stroker in it currently we removed it so that we could uh get a program together for actually producing a run of maybe 10 strokers and um so we took it out to mass mass produce it mass produce it and uh right now it has a stock bottom end l36 in it with 
um, aluminum heads, just basically a bunch of off-the-shelf ZZ Performance parts. And so what we did was 100 put 100 off-the-shelf ZZ Literally parts. everything you can buy. It's it's stock bottom and L36, Felpro head gaskets, ZZP head studs, ZZP aluminum heads, our rockers, our valve springs, our new retainers, lightweight retainers, which stay tuned for our new steel lightweight retainer for the 3800. Great. We revved uh, the stock bottom end L36 to 6750 without any valve float. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and put I'd down. Hate to, I'd hate to bust your bubble, but we've been already selling them to people for a couple of weeks. That's okay. I just found out that today. <laughs> oh, good. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I've been wanting to give them out to a couple guys for a while. I mean, we trust them. We've got a car here with just 1,000 or 1,200 miles on them with no issues, and they haven't shown any yep. signs yet. Um, but yeah, it made over 400 wheel on a stock bottom end L36, and so what we're gonna do is basically AB the stroker, yep, and make sure that it is gonna do what we want it to do because we don't want to sell you guys a 4.2 liter stroker if the L36 we've been using for 20 years still makes more power. Yeah, <laughs> that's so. go fast now broke. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, Jeff Mackins, do you own the Cappuccino? Yeah, I was just gonna comment on that one. I've been following that build on Instagram, and I didn't know the actual name of the owner. Cap I'm looking so, that up right now because that sounds cappuccino, awesome. Cappuccino, I like that. It is a pretty cool build. Those, Those are sweet. I've Little been, three I've cylinder things, aren't it. they? Yeah, if you guys want to swap like more smaller than a Miata, we, yeah. we love it. Oh, yeah. it's, it's a micro car. It like it's is. I thought maybe, it has a turbo LE5 in it. I thought maybe it was a Kappa. Awesome. I thought maybe it was a Kappa build. He was calling the Cappuccino. No, no. I thing call is your car Cappuccino. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am totally into the Cappuccino. A Cappuccino, but you can't turbo it though. It's got to be like NA. Oh uh, no, this is a turbo LE5. Hmm. Why can't you turn this thing? That thing's gonna be scary fast. It's it it be... is his car. It's Jeff Mackins. Holy sweet. crap. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, hats off to sweet. you. I've been watching this build for a little while, and I'm pretty excited to see what you do with it. That's awesome. Yeah. Like, please <laughs> definitely keep us in the right loop on, on that so yeah. can forward that around. So, but yeah, Streetcar Takeover next weekend. We're going to mm -hmm. have a lot of ZZP cars, and uh, Zoom's car is planned to be there and be racing. So we're, we're busy, 30 guys. 300 guys, come out and support. Uh, I know you guys have been wanting to see it. It's kind of good that I pulled the plug on getting my car ready because the Sonic still needs a lot of attention before we can get it there. That's great. Well, i got to go finish building the trans before I go home tonight. Get all mad scientists on it and shit. Yeah. Uh, Tim Noah and I are also going up Tuesday. Yep. For yep. the National Kappa event. We're going to be doing some autocrossing, so if you guys are up there. Just Tuesday? Where's that at, Trevor? Mm -hmm. it's, uh, like, it's like all week, but like we're, we're only going to our day. busy season, man. I like really wanted to go to that, but I probably shouldn't. Yeah. I mean, we're all going, so you definitely yep. got to ride there. I'd like to spend more than just like the one day You're there, but we're car? so freaking busy. Yeah. yeah, but it's on Tuesday, and I have to get the Sonic ready to race at SCT. So. I mean, it's not just Tuesday. It's like a week-long thing. Yeah. but How far away is it? That's two, way up north. Trevor's two and a half hours. Yeah, that's it's, not a, it's up there. That's not an evening trip. No. No. Tim and I are going to have to put all of our stuff in Noah's uh, Cobalt because we have no room. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Freaking Kappas. One of us needs to get a trailer for ours. <laughs> I need one for all my tires. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, I thought you were going to buy an Express. I'm still trying to. All the hipsters are out there buying them for camper conversions. Ugh, those losers. <laughs> People want to know about the all-wheel drive Sonic, Al. We so, have all the parts. So it's... <laughs> yeah, I kind of dropped the ball there and yelled at Trifecta for taking forever. 
<laughs> but it was a salvage title that had to be recertified, so I had to put it all back to stock. And we got the title. It's good to go. But we're going to... Instead of throwing the all-wheel drive stuff back in it, which was already installed once, um, we're going to match as close as we can the mods that the LTC Black Sonic went through and see how it compares on the quarter mile versus the manual trans. Um, if it's looking promising, then we'll keep pushing it harder, and then we'll all-wheel drive swap it and then race it more. It's, it's definitely too hard to be a product, unfortunately. Yeah. So if that's what you guys are looking for... It, it's something that we could provide guidance on, yeah. but you would be mm -hmm. on your own in, in doing the swap. Mm -hmm. It's not... We know enough now that if someone wants to do it, feel free to reach out to us. We can yeah. let you it's know the It's not something steps, that's but... feasible to make a kit out of. <laughs> Gumby MF. Yes, Couple... of course yeah. we can remote tune your LSJ. That's your guy, Al, right over there. We've been yep. doing that exact thing for, what, almost 20 years? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do like... 30 couple, a day. A couple guys asking about H-body yeah. intakes. Currently, we're just offering a drop-in filter for the H-body. Um, but it's certainly something we should look into because H-bodies do need a ZZ Performance colder intake. People still drive H-bodies? Well, speaking of H-bodies, we have coilovers that we're looking to test on an H-body. We have ZZ Performance coilovers in a box waiting to go on an H-body. We don't have one. We're Send looking for applications one. Send your applications to bo.c at, at zzp.com. ZZP. Seriously, email me, bo.c at zzp. If you have a H-body in the Michigan or Grand Rapids area and want to try out some ZZ Performance coilovers, drop it off for about a week and we'll hook you up. Um, we can talk about uh -oh. pricing, talk about what's going on we just need a car to test them out on so we can release them to you guys uh rich is also asking about uh lsj tuning email into customer service at zzp and we'll forward you where you yeah need that's to go. the easiest way customer service they'll forward it to me yep customer service at zzperformance.com uh lsj entry level swap does it feed hot air into the engine using the lsj heat exchanger i'm in <laughs> it's not feeding directly off the fender, but it's not like yeah. straight behind the radiator either. And it, if you have a dual pass, if you have a cobalt, get the stealth heat exchanger. Yep. You'll be fine. I mean, feel free to do the kit, but if you want more, the stealth is the, the next step down the line, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do we need a tester for a cruise what? <laughs> like we haven't Coils. That's what he's talking about. Coils. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I don't. Uh, Tyler's not up here. I don't know anything. No, we we'll Tyler, talk to Tyler. Tyler yeah. is our coilover guy now. We don't need any testers for cruise stuff. Uh, ion and cobalt charge pipes are vastly different on the hot side, but the cold side is the same. Cryo tube bulb. Oh, that CO two bulb is a complete bullshit. Yeah, that. I mean, I, I, there's I mean, way I, too much air going through there for that thing to do anything. Yeah, I'm sorry, Chris. Like, I did, I did see the bulb, and I knew exactly what you're talking about. I probably should have acknowledged that, but yeah, the the air f is flowing through there at such a fast speed that that yeah. I don't care how small that bulb is, like, or uh, you know, I don't care, like, it's not gonna touch that bulb long enough. No, like, there's no way. Just put a 15 shot of nitrous on it and get like 50 <laughs> times the game. Oh my gosh, we 50. got an Al Jr. over yeah, here. Now Tim's thing is Yeah, but he keeps saying 15 shot, and I'm like, what? Go home. Yeah, but a 15, you probably could get away with that without a Tim. No, you know, the you know what? Maybe ZZP needs a universal nitrous The smallest nitrous recommended is a 25. 
Mod one. If nitrous. you go smaller than a twenty-five, you really have to run pretty good filters on the nitrous and fuel sides. I think he means a richly jetted fifteen. <laughs> oh yes, a richly jetted fifteen. <laughs> Definitely don't ever richly jet nitrous. Nah. Running nitrous rich is just as bad as running it lean, if not worse. Yeah, I would start maybe one jet size down, but not more than that. Yeah. Um, I just, uh, like, I love the idea of nitrous. I just don't like the credit you lose in having a second power adder. It's so true. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just don't, I don't like it. Like, I so can't do So if I it. have three turbos, my car's, like, basically stock, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that sucks. You have one power adder. Yeah. Because turbo. you have, you, it's turbo. It's a, well, it's like. <laughs> it's but like, if you have a turbo with, with nitrous, now you better be making a thousand horse or yeah. shut yep. up. It's like you made. You made 400 horse. Well, I plan on making 1,000 horse, so I will talk as loud as I want to. (laughs) It's like you made 400 horsepower on a turbo swap kit. That's awesome. You made 450 on a, or 475 with a turbo swap kit and nitrous. It's like, meh. 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 Yeah. You you got nitrous. Why didn't it make 700? People think nitrous is so easy. And it, it's cost effective. But it's not easy. Like it also complicates everything greatly, and the biggest part of our build is not complicating Well, them. the risk-reward ratio goes <laughs> yeah. heavily on the risk side. Yeah. And, like, if you don't have, like, you kind of have to spend a lot of money to have a properly tuned yeah. nitrous kit. If you don't have a bottle warmer and you're not monitoring oh. your bottle pressure. Bottle warmers are huge. It can double your power it on blew, a cold day. blew my mind. You said torch really weird. <laughs> what i did when i ran nitrous on my car and i was really proud of this i rigged up uh a five pole relay and used that so that when i would flip the arming switch if the bottle was not up to pressure there would be a red led illuminated and then once the bottle got up to the proper pressure it would turn the red one off and switch to green Oh, and then, and then as I'm using it, if the pressure had dropped too low, it'd switch back to red. And so I would know not to spray until it had heated up enough and switched back to green. Did you listen to your own instructions? Though? I did. <laughs> would your floorboards of your car fall out if you hit the button when it was red? Probably. <laughs> I never hit the button when it was red, so I don't know, but most That's likely... Funny. Uh, anyways, oh, guys. Part of, part of installing the nitrous kit is cutting your floorboard out and then <laughs> bolting it back in yeah, so that the to. bolts can fall out if something goes wrong. <laughs> uh, we got to wrap it up here. <laughs> we did. Uh, we I will. could ramble forever. Uh, I know one guy mentioned, even though we probably won't have a live stream next week, we'll probably do a live stream or something to cover the event. So Maybe just a, maybe just a quick live video Gumby from the track. MF or what we got parked. That's a little rich, but it's not like, oh, crap. Seriously, what? guys, street car. A little? An LSG at 10.3? You're probably giving up 15-wheel horsepower. <laughs> well, little is subjective. Like, an LSJ, I mean, if you have a proper setup, it should be damn near 12.3. Like, 10.3 yeah, is terrible. Probably. I mean, 12.3 with on your car or my car, but, like... It's richer than it needs to be, but you're safe not hurting anything. Definitely safe at 10. Uh, Bo, do you know a quick answer to Michael Thompson? What do we got here? Turbo crossover pipe on a W body work for an H body. Heck yeah, it will, brother. There you go. Yeah, all of our uh, all of our manifold and turbo options are compatible for the 3800 across the board. Yeah, most most everything that's specific to the engine itself. Yeah, the hard is parts themselves. 
clears and works just as it should in a W body or an H body. It's really when you get into the body components that it gets tricky. Hence why we have W body. Yeah, I bet H you body. have black smoke on 93. It's freaking 10-3. That's how you know it's working. <laughs> <laughs> Don't misinform people I'm here. Sorry. Ten three in an LSJ? Oh my god! I, sometimes I hate that we're limited to an it's hour ish because I could just sit here rambling forever. He's like choking. I mean, we can her. keep He's going. We're not coming her. back next he week. He is choking her. Stop choking her. He is choking. Her. Gumby MF. Email customer service and rent HP tuners, and we will you remote know, tune you. Do you want to know what black smoke is? It's gag reflex. Is what it is. <laughs> Ooh, She's got one. a gag reflex. That's a decent that analogy. <laughs> Not too bad. <laughs> that that raspberry will hit you, trap. Uh, that's that's a stopping point right there, I think. <laughs> Coming from the guy I chugging apologize. Trulies. <laughs> They're truly teas. Right. Oh, it's even worse. I'm sorry. You guys have a good weekend. Uh, thanks to all these guys for hanging out. I staying go a little put a late. Together. Uh, we all got stuff to do tonight, so we'll see you next week. Take care. Bye. I'm out.